0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Dana Piker discovered hypnotherapy after facing a near-fatal car accident. Going through her own transformational recovery process led her to hypnotherapy, where it not only helped her heal, but also opened the door to starting a new career specializing in helping others with trauma and disease. Dana has also written a book entitled Third Generation and Beyond, which contains powerful life philosophies according to a third generation Holocaust descendant. Dana is based in America, but currently in Israel, and she joins me now to tell me more about this fascinating subject. Dana, welcome and thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for
0: having me. Donna, I thought I would start kind of at the uh, last bit of um, the introduction, that is being a third-generation Holocaust survivor. And um, just that yesterday we commemorated Yom HaShoah, a very moving day in the Jewish history. And I wondered if you thought that, um, bearing in mind the trauma people experienced during the Holocaust – whether you saw hypnotherapy as a tool to cure and if there's ever a case where you think maybe some things are just left
1: untouched wow beautiful question i do believe in both i i often tell people that if they don't feel a need to have to come and and heal that's the best that the optimal is um, to to feel as if you are you know um, centered and, and, and feel good. Um, if there is a need and you feel it within, there is a need to um, whether it's some sort of trauma or emotional unrest or even physical ailments. Um, there's a lot to do, um, but there's so many resources nowadays that can really kind of rapidly. Uh, work with the subconscious mind and and instances and um, situations we've been through in the past that might be somewhat on on a, in the background on repeat and a little bit uh, tormenting us that we can quiet those down and thereby allow for um, more peace of mind I have worked um, with a number of Uh, generational uh, descendants from the Holocaust. And there's something I'm fascinated by. It's called trans, um, transgenerational trauma. So what has happened to your grandma's grandmother's grandmother, um, can still be a little bit in your behavior and not only from the messages that they said, you know, from one generation to the next generation to the next generation in speech and behavior, but also really in, in our DNA, um, it isn't our makeup what our history is. So a fascination I have is, is working through our descendants, uh, messages and, and trauma and clearing that out today. So, so when you say
0: working through our, do you mean working through third generations, um, Holocaust survivors
1: or do you mean the generations above? Well, also second generation as well. It was um, when I first started getting into this work. It was really a dream of mine because, um, as you said, I'm I'm also a descendant, and my my grandparents and all of my family um, was involved and, and 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 killed in the Holocaust. And um, it was a dream of mine to be able to work with that generation because even though you know I'm young now and. Even if it happened so long ago, there is still a way of bringing more peace. Um, so when I first started getting into this work, I really, really, really wanted to work with people um, that have been through specifically the Holocaust. Um, it just—I've worked with maybe one or two, but it hasn't been the, the major practices. focus. But it was always a dream of mine to work with that. Yeah.
0: So the major focus is, um, and, and, and I know you are extremely popular. You're based in the States. You've done TED talks on the topic of hypnotherapy. How hypnotherapy can help? Um, Donna, do you want to explain a little bit of the work that you do?
1: Sure. So it's interesting because, uh, the world of hypnotherapy, um, for most people is very abstract. <clears throat> and it's, it's part of my mission to make it more well-known as a resource, not only a resource, but one of the foremost resources people look towards when it comes to their own healing, not only emotional, um, but also physical distress. My specialty is working with uh, former trauma that is now creating stress on the body that is coming up as pain or fatigue or any type of neuroimmune dysfunction or autoimmune dysfunction. So that's my specialty. What I do, the specific thing I tend to do with people um, is called regression therapy, which is a very fascinating technique. Basically, it goes into the memories that hold the emotional charge that are still creating potential disturbance. Um, So basically, when these memories are still in the underground, in the subconscious, um, they are sending out a message of distress, even if you're over it. Even if you're consciously not thinking about it, you're over it, but there's this maybe subtle message of distress that the subconscious mind is sending out, thereby um, sending out the message on the nervous system and the rest of the body to kind of contract, save itself, and therefore create these symptoms. So all this stuff um, is now becoming more mainstream and more on the surface, mind-body medicine. But when I first started getting into it, I mean, no one knew what I was talking about. And it was only due to my own experience that I started having these realizations of how powerful the mind is and why are we not accessing these tools as everyone, as individuals, to kind of liberate that stress function and allow for more peace, which will allow the nervous system to just really relax and and send out messages of, of relaxation and well-being rather than distress.
0: Donna, you speak about us as being such complex people and the mind is such a complicated um, organ. Yes. And w- every day we have experiences. Right? Yes. And some in, at the time may not seem traumatic, some only afterwards, some at the time is. I mean, obviously you had a, a, almost like a, a near-death experience. Um, yes. When you are helping people to kind of regress or go back into their subconscious, how do you know what that sticking point is? Do people themselves instinctively know? Do you know? Do you have to work through however many years of the person you're helping?
1: Yes. So I, it's so funny. I, um, it's, it's really not about me. I do the technique. Um, and what comes up it's cause it's basically all it's really doing is allowing for, um, easier recall within the subconscious. So I'll do, it's essentially a deeper guided meditation, a visualization, and I'll take people through this process and maybe I'll, I'll relax them. I'll relax their mind and their body. And then I'll take them through a doorway or some sort of passageway and beyond that door a memory will pop up some people will see it vividly and there's going to be a number of memories and some people might sense it or feel it but it's kind of it's them so the beauty of this work is it's not biased it's not me entering in it's me providing a a non stressful space for the subconscious mind to kind of have that easier recall um, and things do happen every day. And the idea here is it's about, um, it's kind of like when you empty out a computer. Let's say there's a computer that has so much information on it, it starts working slower. So what you do is you go through some old files and you, you clean them up. And thereby, the computer can go quicker and function better because all these stagnant files are, are brought to light and kind of cleared. So that's a good metaphor. Um, and what happens? The new stimulus that is happening every day is not so heavy, because now it has space and room. It's basically like emptying the bucket. You know, now the new stimulus can come in and it has room. Instead of every little ping, every little new stimulus hitting the nervous system, hitting the mind, and creating that reaction, just because you're overloaded.
0: Is it as simple then as an awareness of something that you
1: haven't dealt with? It, can, can it
0: be as simple as something like that, Donna?
1: It can be, but it's a little bit deeper because awareness and insight is one thing and it's beautiful and you're like, wow, you have the idea and the epiphany. Um, but this is really going into the subconscious mind and it's kind of, I say it's like, I do, you know, a lot of the heavy lifting and I don't see people for years. Um, people kind of feel it's, it, it, um, they don't really understand why or how, but, when you work with the subconscious mind, um, it's so powerful. It's the fact that you're breathing without thinking about it, it's all your auto automatic functioning. So when you clear that out, really things can happen very quickly. So I see people about maximum two months, sometimes you know, two and a half months and stuff like that. And and that's for complex issues. Um, if it's just emotional, I can see people for about, you know, six times even, which kind of blows people's minds. I don't see people long term. So awareness and insight is one thing, but that's conscious. So people can consciously have insight as to why they don't feel well, but they still don't feel well. Right. So what I do is I work with, right? Okay, so I work with the, the deeper subconscious um, feelings. Um, and once that is kind of brought to the surface and brought to conscious awareness, we can release it. But those underground things um, that are not conscious is is the feeling world that world um it's different than having awareness of why you feel this way it's by it's about literally releasing the feeling and releasing that energetic and thought pattern so how do you change a thought pattern so there's a number of ways. Um, hypnosis is this umbrella. It's this beautiful umbrella. And the way I work is very different from another colleague of mine. It's different from another um, person that would do the same work. It's very interesting how we all have different flavors, I guess you can call it. Um, the way you shift a thought pattern is the way I do it as I get to the origin of where that that sensation began, where where you first got that impression. So when you first had the impression that... Um, life is hard. It could have been, you know, let's say you're five years old and like there are people struggling at home. You see your parents struggling. You get this message that life is really hard. Um, but someone else across the world or across the street doesn't have that message. So there was an origin where it began and we, we find that origin and we kind of negotiate with that younger child, um, in the moment. So that little child finally gets a chance to emote, speak, um, and have different perception realization because we are older now. So we don't have to be stuck in that five-year-old. We can liberate that. So you take,
0: if you can just work me through the process, you kind of hypnotize somebody. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And that yes. hypnosis means you going back. You saying, okay, I, I, you're now five years old. Um, mom and dad are fighting. You feeling sad, right? Now yes. And then that person becomes that five-year-old again is that the, the kind of myth
1: yeah yeah they see through the lens of that moment that moment where they didn't feel good and then they as the adults can have uh, a better insight and better perspective um and what we do is in that moment when they're feeling that way i ask them they feel sad they, they feel hopeless and i i literally ask them how would you prefer to feel i'd rather feel full of hope full of possibilities, uh, connected, happy, loved. So what I do is in that moment, when they're in um, a hypnotic state, we go in and we we, we kind of allow for a, a lifted moment, right? So that moment doesn't have to be erased. It can just be renegotiated. Um, and then when they are out of it, there's no longer that stress or that emotional charge because we're in a subconscious state. The whole difference is it's not conscious awareness, it's now in the subconscious. And now that subconscious, the deeper, the more thousands of times more powerful part of the brain, the mind, can now send out that message.
0: It's absolutely fascinating. And I'm thinking of the things that you do heal in terms of you deal with anxiety, um, eating disorders, uh, to what extent after a, a hypnotherapy session, do people still need the more for further hip therapy, maybe psychology or, um, and to what extent are they
1: now kind of cured, if I can use the word? There are people, there's a spectrum. So there are people I work with, especially with disease, and I'll tell you an interesting thing because we started with the Holocaust. There are people I have worked with now that because of the trauma of the Holocaust have eating disorders. Right. Right. Eating disorders, um, overeating, uh, a bit of, if I don't eat now, I won't get food later. And it's nothing to do with them. It is transgenerational trauma. So that, that pops up a lot with that correlation. Um, so there are people I work with, um, that after we work together, let's say we work on depression, they, they're so, uh, lifted because again, that the heavy, heaviness of the subconscious that is weighing them down is now lighter it's released. So they're now lifted. I always say, you know, there's, there's always can be a stressful moment that might, you know, trigger them back. But in general, the heavy lifting is done. If they want to start a meditative practice that can keep well being, um, but they don't really have to continue if they want, they can. Um, but the idea here is that it, the the work is done. Um, I know also people kind of find that that's a little shocking. um, but even for example, let's say someone quits an addiction, they will be, I mean, there's people I worked with, you know, eight years ago that they haven't touched a cigarette again. Right. You know, there are other people and it's its true. They, they do a couple sessions, they're done Um, because they're not coping anymore. The cigarette was the coping mechanism. Right. So since they're clear, they don't need that, that tool anymore. That being said, um, let's say someone that was a smoker before and has like a a really, really significant stress in life. They go through a a big moment of, let's say, death or divorce or or something that happens. Um, That might trigger them again, but not necessarily, you know. So Mm -hmm. once the inner world is cleared and and lifted, those coping mechanisms are effectively not necessary. And I, I do start, I have started to talk a lot about rehab centers, that unless they're doing this deep, deep work, and not just like a little bit of art therapy or a little bit of, you know, group work and, and kind of distracting the human, unless they're getting into that darkness and lifting it to the light, they're not doing anything, you know, and most, uh, unfortunately, most treatments are not deep enough for because addictions are unconscious behavior. You're just trying to calm down those deeper thoughts and numb them. Mm. So that goes across the board for everything. Even physical illness can be related to in that same way. It just manifests in the body differently. Um, it's a way the body is coping with stress.
0: So you offer hypnotherapy to cope with stress and to help people deal with their traumas. And a lot of your... Research, I imagine, if I can use the word research, has
1: that appeared
0: in your book, Third Generation and Beyond?
1: So it's uh, interesting. No, they were separate. Um, When I wrote that book, that book was a a dream of mine that I had. And initially, it it came to me before the accident that I wanted to write this book. Um, It was also just messages from my grandparents who survived the war. Um, And it was really mostly meant to be written for people that were not Jewish. So they would stop bothering us you know, um, planting seeds of good character into young adults. So when they grow up, they are, um, with these awarenesses and, and, and tolerance and kindness. And, um, so before the accident, I was very resistant to writing the book. So I was like, who am I to write this book? There's thank goodness. Thank God. A lot of, um, other third generation after the accident, um, you know, I basically had the feeling it went from who am I to write this book? to who am I not? And, uh, so the accident propelled me to actually, to write the book and, and finish it. Um, but the healing work was very separate. Uh, when I first started speaking, I was spoke at different conventions and across the, the country for that book. And, um, I never really spoke about the healing work I was doing. And then about a year into it, people started coming to my lectures because I saw I was a hypnotherapist, and they started asking me questions. And then I started kind of veering off into speaking about trauma and the mind. But initially, they were completely separate. Don, it's absolutely
0: fascinating. We've run out of time. If anybody would like to get hold of you or your book to learn more,
1: are there any contact details? Yes, my website is www.danapicher.com, D-A-N-N-A-P-Y-C-H-E-R.com. They can feel free to contact me. And my book is Third Generation and Beyond. You can find it on Amazon. Um, And yes, feel free to reach out and thank you so much for your time. It's been great. Thank you so much for joining me. It's absolutely fascinating
0: topic. I think trans-generation uh, trauma is something that we all need to kind of explore further as our community. Yes. So thank you so much, Donna. Um, thank you so much for joining me.